0: Hi, it's me, Melissa, and welcome to episode five of This Human Life podcast, the uh, kind of companion podcast to my book, which is called This Human. Thank you for joining me again with this weekly podcast experiment where I have a intimate one-way discussion with you about what it feels like to be a human <laughs> in, um, in the world today and uh, also to share with you some of the recent thoughts and experiments I guess that I'm doing in my own life around our humanity and you know All the different things that we need to be aware of or cultivate, practice, um, expand. And uh, hopefully, by listening to me every week, you'll get inspired to start messing with your own life (laughs) Um, or not. This week I wanted to talk about, um, insight and, um, you know, in the field of human centered design, um, there's a lot of discussion around, um, the importance of meaningful insights and that we need to go a little bit deeper with our work than just looking at findings and, you know, the practice of being, you know, being good. I mean, we had always to call it insight hunting, um, I think that there is a there is a certain disposition that's required of you as a person to, or just even just have the inclination to want to dig deeper, um, to know that there are you know depths that are yet to be uncovered in the work that you're doing. Um, But I can't help but see the relevance and implication of this topic to just everyday life. So I wanted to, I just wanted to explore that a little bit with you. And I think perhaps a good place to start is to uh, to talk about perhaps what the difference is between a finding and an insight. And uh, these are my thoughts and these are my experiences. And hopefully they'll trigger some thoughts um, in you and those thoughts might then trigger new action and then some new experiences for you as well and that that is my hope so you know findings i often refer to them and i think this is the way that i describe them in the book findings are often things that are observable the i keep talking about this five senses reality it's so funny i think it it comes up in every single podcast so far but using the senses that we have available to us as people we can directly observe that and describe that. And findings typically are sort of at the most superficial level and they're, they're descriptive. They describe what's happening. Insights are not always observable directly and they're, they're not always explicit. Um, insights usually describe why you're observing the thing that you're observing they can speak to deeper motivations, the things that the thought processes that sit behind the action that you can observe. So a finding might describe an action, just to really simplify it, and an insight might describe why that action exists. And, you know, when we're doing, especially in the field of human-centered design, when we're designing systems and processes and products and services that form other people's realities and they become things that other people need to live with. We need to be pretty responsible around our thinking, especially in the upfront phase of research where we're observing things directly and then trying to piece together the picture as to why we may be observing the things and, and then that insight then informs our thinking around how we can address the challenges that humanity is facing or, or in the other way to create new experiences that haven't been had yet and you know the the way that this is applicable to our everyday lives is that just if you think about your day and how many pieces of information come across your path or this you know social platforms or people talking to you and you know often people listen to the first 30 seconds of something and then they relay that as a truth and you know such and such said said such and so and so said such and such to someone in some part of the world about this new policy that's going to change the world and you're like wow that's amazing you know great but it's it's kind of a snippet and it's perhaps a superficial understanding of what's actually happening and then we move on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and there's lots of opportunity for us to Um, Just go a little bit deeper to connect a little bit more with what's actually happening and form a more substantive
1: understanding of, you know, what's
0: happening around us and who we are interacting with. You know, sometimes we can have really superficial perspectives of the people in our lives because we're not stopping to actually have real conversations with each other like the one that I'm endeavouring to have with you right now. It's not really a conversation, as I keep saying, but, you know, this real kind of intention to have intimate connection and trying to understand why. You know, why are we feeling what we're feeling and why are we saying what we're saying and what is it, what is it actually that's happening? You know, sometimes in my family there'll be a person who is upset. I have one son and two stepsons, and, you know, they may be agitated or something, speaking in a way that you're not used to them speaking or um, they're, they're pensive and withdrawn and you're used to them being, you know, jokey and happy. And you might find yourself in a conversation that's really difficult and a bit grindy. You know, often we have the inclination to... React to what's observed, and that's the finding, right? to react to what's being um, directly experienced. And then I don't know, in my experience, when I do that, I know I'm not at my best, but it doesn't actually help the situation much either. Whereas if we can take a more sort of curious stance perhaps in that moment and be asking, why why is this actually happening? why why might they be? talking this way or feeling this way and to be able to find a way to get at that which may have nothing to do with what's actually being discussed you know it could be something and often is insights are like that they're tricky it could have absolutely nothing to do with the topic that is you're having a debate over and that takes the desire to ask questions as opposed to react and defend. So instead of saying, telling the person what's right or wrong with whatever it is that they're saying to you or whether it's right or wrong that they treat you that way, and sometimes responding with questions is, is better. You know, what's happening for you right now? Um, is there something bothering you? Did something happen? Are you okay? And then in a work context, asking questions, you know, people who know me and have worked with me know that I value questions so much more than answers. Uh, most of the time, um, answers also have their place, of course. But, you know, a really well formed question in the, in the work that we do as human centered designers is just gold. You know, the, the quality of the question that we ask is directly related to the quality of the answer that we're going to get. So having this real attachment maybe attachment's the wrong word, I just did a podcast on attachment, but having this real love of of questions and cultivating your ability and your awareness of when it's appropriate to ask questions and the types of questions that are actually going to get at the core of what's happening um, is really, really worthwhile. Not just in... The practice of human centered design or leadership, you know, in your life generally. And then, of course, the, the next thing that
1: comes on the other side of asking questions is what? What do you think it is? What could it be? Hmm. Listening. Being a
0: really good listener. And, you know, I, having. Having awareness that there are different types of listening that we can actually do, different channels of listening that we can occupy, and how that changes the way that we make sense of information, the way that we respond in conversation. And you'll notice in the book there's, you know, there's a whole bunch of channels that I talk about that we can deliberately tune into. And those of you who are advanced listeners, you can also listen to listening, but perhaps that's a a whole other other podcast. But
1: having a real commitment to listening
0: to the answer that is being generously offered in response to your question and always being grateful that they have chosen to answer because that's always a choice, right? I was reading a book recently. I can see it now in my bookcase. It's called Native American Wisdom. And they talk about how the chiefs of the tribes would meet and sit in circle to talk about important aspects that affected each tribe. And when someone had something to say, they would stand and they would speak and everyone would listen. And once they'd finished saying what they had to say, they would sit down and the next person would stand and they would speak. And, um, you know, it was a very respectful dialogue that's informed. And I found the intention that sits behind each of those actions is really, really useful to connect with and useful for us to remember and incorporate, I think, into just our daily lives, which is the person who's standing and talking is speaking with the intention of being understood. Not speaking with the intention of sounding smart or being powerful, but speaking with the intention of being understood. And those that are sitting and listening are listening with the intention to understand. Not necessarily listening with the intention to critique or to rebut or to deny or to bend. But listening with the intention to understand. And that is, I think, how respectful dialogue is set up, with the intention of the person who's talking and the intention of the person who's listening. And when you're able to establish that in, I mean, imagine in all of the relationships that you have, but in the field of human centered design, design research, when you can establish that type of space, um, the chances of you being able to glean important insights from the work that you do is so much greater and it's such a simple thing really we're talking about asking questions
1: and listening i think you know another aspect is to not be afraid
0: of your intuition (laughs) what a funny sentence don't be afraid of your intuition but you know uh, we value our brain and the thinking part of our brain so much more than our intuition and I think that's just that's just the way it is you know that's the, our education everything is geared towards that and we can't be blamed for that but I think there's an opportunity for us to also rely a little bit more on our body and because um our body thinks also and To really trust when you get these feelings around, "Mm, I just don't think that what we're coming up with is the answer. I don't think that's it. I don't think that's what was going on. You know, really trust that. It's important in your work and it's important just as a person as well. And let that be the guide for you to ask more questions. And cultivate your curiosity to uncover the gold that (laughs) lies
1: in the depths Of people. they're forever fascinating. You know, I've made a career out of... ...trying to (laughs) understand what makes them tick and design for them and... uh, ...yeah, it's never boring, let me tell you that. Anyway, so insights, findings, dig deeper, be curious and... For the next week, your
0: little social experiment is to practice being really, really aware of your listening and cultivate curiosity in what's actually happening for the other person. Try to be less interested in what's happening within yourself so the chances of you reacting and attaching meaning to those
1: reactions becomes much much less er
0: (laughs) (sighs) okay so until I see you again next week have fun I'll talk to you soon